Ether chapter 6. Having explained to us about the three witnesses that will be raised up in the latter days, Moroni now goes back to the history of the Jaredites. He has already told us about Mahanrai seeing the finger of God and then being allowed to see the prophetic history of the world. And now I, Moroni, proceed to give the record of Jared and his brother. For it came to pass, after the Lord had prepared the stones which the brother of Jared had carried up into the mount, the brother of Jared came down out of the mount, and he did put forth the stones into the vessels which were prepared, one in each end thereof, and behold, they did give light unto the vessels. And thus the Lord caused stones to shine in darkness, to give light unto men, women, and children, that they might not cross the great waters in darkness. It is interesting that the brother of Jared surmised, without being actually told, that if God would touch each of the sixteen transparent stones, they would provide illumination for each of the eight large barges. Scientifically speaking, we have many details concerning these barges which we have not been able to figure out. For example, this is particularly true with reference to the amount of food and fresh water which would be needed to meet the needs of the animals as well as the people being transported on these barges. And it came to pass that when they had prepared all manner of food, that thereby they might subsist upon the water, and also food for their flocks and herds, and whatsoever beast or animal or fowl that they should carry with them. And it came to pass that when they had done all these things, they got aboard of their vessels or barges, and set forth into the sea, commending themselves unto the Lord their God. And it came to pass that the Lord God caused that there should be a furious wind blow upon the face of the waters towards the promised land. And thus they were tossed upon the waves of the sea before the wind. It is obvious that these were not ordinary sailing vessels, since it replied strong winds and swift currents to carry them toward the promised land. And it came to pass that they were many times buried in the depths of the sea, because of the mountain waves which broke upon them, and also the great and terrible tempests which were caused by the fierceness of the wind. It is obvious that this excursion was certainly no vacation trip. Problems of seasickness, feeding the animals, keeping the animal quarters sanitary, maintaining a proper ventilation, and providing for the needs of the people themselves, all combined to make these eleven months of seafaring adventure a rugged endurance contest of sheer survival. And it came to pass that when they were buried in the deep, there was no water that could hurt them, their vessels being tight like unto a dish, and also they were tight like unto the ark of Noah. Therefore, when they were encompassed about by many waters, they did cry unto the Lord, and he did bring them forth again upon the top of the waters. It must have been a great satisfaction to Mahanrai and his brother Jared to observe that when these barges were subjected to mountainous waves, which sent tens of tons crashing down upon their decks, the seams, the joints, and the joists all held firmly together. The scripture says these vessels were tight likened to a dish, and then we have the remarkable statement that they were actually fashioned according to the inspired architecture of the famous Ark of Noah. We are also told that the ferocity of the waves sometimes submerged the barges for long periods of time, and the people had to plead with the Lord to intervene so they would not suffocate. It appears that the only way the occupants of these barges could have any semblance of order, especially during these chaotic periods when the barges were pitching about in the sea, would be to have the barges carefully compartmentalized and all of the animals, feed, and storage firmly fixed into place. And let us mention two other miraculous things which would have required divine intervention. One was the fact that the barges stayed together and arrived in the promised land at the same time. Divergent currents would have scattered them hundreds of miles apart. 
Another miracle was the fact that they weathered these many months of tempestuous waves without having the barges smash into one another. And it came to pass that the wind did never cease to blow towards the promised land while they were upon the waters. And thus they were driven forth before the wind. And they did sing praises unto the Lord. Yea, the brother of Jared did sing praises unto the Lord, and he did thank and praise the Lord all the day long. And when the night came, they did not cease to praise the Lord. As we have already mentioned, the record is clear that this was no smooth sailing vacation trip. It says they were continuously driven toward their destination by the fierceness of the winds, and apparently they appreciated that the preservation of their lives was a continuous blessing from the Lord both day and night. And thus they were driven forth, and no monster of the sea could break them, neither whale that could mar them, and they did have light continually, whether it was above the water or under the water. Apparently there were times when they observed whales and huge sea monsters that might have attempted to mar or break up their barges. There would have been no reason to mention this statement unless the Jaredites had noticed when they surfaced and opened their hatches that these monsters of the sea were in the vicinity. The sperm whale, for example, would be a frightening and no doubt threatening phenomenon, and the blue whale is the largest creature on earth. It weighs a hundred tons and attains the length of ninety feet. We should also mention that back in chapter 2, verse 23, the Lord told Mahanrai not to take any fire with them on this voyage. We cannot help but wonder if this journey was similar to that of Lehi's colonies on the Arabian desert when they were required to eat their meat raw, lest a fire attract various desert marauders. And thus they were driven forth three hundred and forty and four days upon the water. All of these problems take on particular significance when we are told that the crossing of the great sea required three hundred and forty-four days, just twenty-one days short of a full year. And they did land upon the shore of the promised land. And when they had set their feet upon the shores of the promised land, they bowed themselves down upon the face of the land, and did humble themselves before the Lord, and did shed tears of joy before the Lord, because of the multitude of his tender mercies over them. And it came to pass that they went forth upon the face of the land, and began to till the earth. The Lord had said that they had acquired an inheritance in the promised land, and therefore as soon as they arrived they went forth upon the land to cultivate it and raise up a new civilization. And Jared had four sons, and they were called Jacob, and Gilgah, and Mahah, and Orihah. And the brother of Jared also begat sons and daughters. And the friends of Jared and his brother were in number about twenty and two souls. And they also begat sons and daughters before they came to the promised land. And therefore they began to be many. From these verses it is apparent that large families were the order of the day. And before long it says, quote, they began to be many, unquote. And they were taught to walk humbly before the Lord. And they were also taught from on high. And it came to pass that they began to spread upon the face of the land, and to multiply and to till the earth, and they did wax strong in the land. Apparently the Lord maintained a close relationship with Jared and his brother, so they prospered as they multiplied. Verse 10 says the people began to grow strong in the land. And the brother of Jared began to be old, and saw that he must soon go down to the grave. Wherefore he said unto Jared, Let us gather together our people, that we may number them, that we may know of them what they will desire of us before we go down to our graves. From this verse it is apparent that as age crept over Jared and his brother, they felt compelled to organize the people so they could have a just and orderly society as the population increased. The first thing they did was to take a census, 
Then they asked this great multitude what kind of a government they desired. And accordingly the people were gathered together. Now the number of the sons and the daughters of the brother of Jared were twenty and two souls. And the number of sons and daughters of Jared were twelve, he having four sons. And it came to pass that they did number their people. And after that they had numbered them, they did desire of them the things which they would that they should do before they went down to their graves. And it came to pass that the people desired of them that they should anoint one of their sons to be a king over them. It is interesting that up to now they had been governed by these two righteous patriarchs. But since both of them would soon pass away, the people asked them to anoint one of their sons to be a king over them. And now behold, this was grievous unto them. And the brother of Jared said unto them, Surely this thing leadeth into captivity. Jared and his brother instinctively seemed to feel that setting up a king would be fatal. Eventually it would lead to exploitation, war, and captivity. But Jared said unto his brother, Suffer them that they may have a king. And therefore he said unto them, Choose ye out from among our sons a king, even whom ye will. And it came to pass that they chose even the firstborn of the brother of Jared, and his name was Pagag. And it came to pass that he refused and would not be their king. And the people would that his father should constrain him. But his father would not, and he commanded them that they should constrain no man to be their king. And it came to pass that they chose all the brothers of Pagag, and they would not. Here was a strange situation where the people wanted Pagag, the firstborn of the brother of Jared, to be their king, but he flatly refused. The people even wanted the brother of Jared to force him to serve, but he would not. The people then went down the list of all of the sons of the brother of Jared, but none of them would serve as a king. And it came to pass that neither would the sons of Jared, even all, save it were one. And Orihah was anointed to be king over the people. Finally the people switched over to Jared and his sons, and tried to induce one of them to be king. All rejected the plea of the people except one. His name was Arihah, and in spite of all the family pressure to resist this temptation, he finally consented to be crowned king. And he began to reign, and the people began to prosper, and they became exceedingly rich. And it came to pass that Jared died, and his brother also. And it came to pass that Orihah did walk humbly before the Lord, and did remember how great things the Lord had done for his father, and also taught his people how great things the Lord had done for their fathers. The real test came after Jared and Mahanrai Moriankamer had both died, and we are told to our great relief that Orihah governed the people humbly and justly. Furthermore, he taught the people to remember how generous God had been to bring them to the promised land. And by serving God and maintaining a righteous, peaceful society, verse 28 says they became exceedingly rich. So these were the circumstances when Jared and Mahanrai Moriankamer passed to their eternal reward. But at least they had the satisfaction of knowing they had left the affairs of the people in good hands. Ether chapter 7 since Orihah was the only descendant of Jared or the brother of Jared who was willing to serve as king, one might have suspected that he had unrighteous ambitions. But this does not seem to have been the case. Here is what we read. And it came to pass that Orihah did execute judgment upon the land in righteousness all his days, whose days were exceeding many. And he begat sons and daughters, Yea, he begat thirty and one, among whom were twenty and three sons. And it came to pass that he also begat Kib in his old age, and it came to pass that Kib reigned in his stead. And Kib begat Korahor, 
The good king Orihah was from the second generation of Jaredites, his father being Jared, one of the two leaders of the colony. Now we come to the first of the major problems which complicated the history of the Jaredites. This is the fact that when a king lived around a couple of centuries, he would choose a younger son to extend the family influence as far into the future as possible. Thus it was that Orihah had Kib in his old age and appointed this young man as his successor. And when Korahor was thirty and two years old, he rebelled against his father and went over and dwelt in the land of Nehor. And he begat sons and daughters, and they became exceeding fair. Wherefore Korahor drew away many people after him, and when he had gathered together an army, he came up unto the land of Moron, where the king dwelt, and took him captive, which brought to pass the saying of the brother of Jared, that they would be brought into captivity. In verse 4 we came upon the second major problem connected with Jaredite history, and that is the fact that when a king lived a long time, with a potential longevity of around 200 years, his sons became impatient to rule and overthrew their aged father. This is what happened to Korihor, the son of Kib. When he was 32, he broke away from his father and went to the land of Nehor to build up a following. Then he came back to Moron, where his father ruled as king and overthrew him. Now the land of Moron, where the king dwelt, was near the land which is called Desolation by the Nephites. And it came to pass that Kib dwelt in captivity, and his people under Korahor his son, until he became exceeding old. Nevertheless, Kib begat Shul in his old age, while he was yet in captivity. Now we come to the third major problem which complicated the history of the Jaredites. Here we have the old king Kib in captivity, but he has a son, Shul, in his old age, and Shul grows up feeling that his father Kib had not only been robbed of his throne, but Shul would be the next in line to be king. And it came to pass that Shul was angry with his brother, and Shul waxed strong and became mighty as to the strength of a man and he was also mighty in judgment. Wherefore he came to the hill Ephraim, and he did molten out of the hill, and made swords out of steel for those whom he had drawn away with him. And after he had armed them with swords, he returned to the city Nehor, and gave battle unto his brother Korahor, by which means he obtained the kingdom, and restored it unto his father Kib. Shul seems to have been a righteous son, at least he overthrew Korihor and gave the throne back to Kib, his father, who had been held in captivity for so many years. And now, because of the thing which Shul had done, his father bestowed upon him the kingdom. Therefore he began to reign in the stead of his father. And it came to pass that he did execute judgment in righteousness, and he did spread his kingdom upon all the face of the land, for the people had become exceeding numerous. And it came to pass that Shul also begat many sons and daughters. And Korahor repented of the many evils which he had done. Wherefore Shul gave him power in his kingdom. Kib the old king appreciated the generosity of his son Shul and decided to make Shul the king. Of course, this removed Korihor from the throne to make way for Shul. Nehor decided to repent and get back into the good graces of Shul, who was now the king. Shul softened toward Nehor when he saw that he had repented and rewarded Nehor by giving to him a lot of power in the kingdom. And it came to pass that Korihor had many sons and daughters. And among the sons of Korihor there was one whose name was Noah, and it came to pass that Noah rebelled against Shul the king, and also his father Korahor, and drew away Kohor his brother, and also all his brethren and many of the people. Now even though Korahor had repented, he had a son named Noah who wanted to be king. So Noah, 
apparently over the protests of his own father, waged war against King Shul. And he gave battle unto Shul the king, in which he did obtain the land of their first inheritance, and he became a king over that part of the land. And it came to pass that he gave battle again unto Shul the king, and he took Shul the king, and carried him away captive into Moron. And it came to pass, as he was about to put him to death, the sons of Shul crept into the house of Noah by night, and slew him, and broke down the door of the prison, and brought out their father, and placed him upon his throne in his own kingdom. It is vividly apparent that there was no security in being king of the Jaredites. The hostility between the two factions of the Jaredites continued. Wherefore the son of Noah did build up his kingdom in his stead. Nevertheless, they did not gain power any more over Shul the king. And the people who were under the reign of Shul the king did prosper exceedingly and wax great. And the country was divided, and there were two kingdoms, the kingdom of Shul and the kingdom of Kohor the son of Noah. And Kohor the son of Noah caused that his people should give battle unto Shul, in which Shul did beat them and did slay Kohor. And now Kohor had a son who was called Nimrod, and Nimrod gave up the kingdom of Kohor unto Shul, and he did gain favor in the eyes of Shul. Wherefore Shul did bestow great favors upon him, and he did do in the kingdom of Shul according to his desires. All of this warfare and political mad scramble have produced a wave of wickedness among the people. Therefore a body of prophets arose to warn the nation. And also in the reign of Shul there came prophets among the people, who were sent from the Lord, prophesying that the wickedness and idolatry of the people was bringing a curse upon the land, and they should be destroyed if they did not repent. And it came to pass that the people did revile against the prophets, and did mock them. And it came to pass that King Shul did execute judgment against all those who did revile against the prophets. And he did execute a law throughout all the land, which gave power unto the prophets, that they should go whithersoever they would. And by this cause the people were brought unto repentance. And because the people did repent of their iniquities and idolatries, the Lord did spare them, and they began to prosper again in the land. And it came to pass that Shul begat sons and daughters in his old age. And there were no more wars in the days of Shul. And he remembered the great things that the Lord had done for his fathers in bringing them across the great deep into the promised land, Wherefore he did execute judgment in righteousness all his days. Ether chapter 8 In the last chapter we had a righteous king sustaining the prophets and saving the Jaredite nation from destruction. But Satan had a plan to lay the foundation that would ultimately make the Jaredites extinct as a people. This plan was launched in this eighth chapter. And it came to pass that he begat Omer, and Omer reigned in his stead. And Omer begat Jared, and Jared begat sons and daughters. And Jared rebelled against his father, and came and dwelt in the land of Heth. And it came to pass that he did flatter many people, because of his cunning words, until he had gained the half of the kingdom. We have previously seen that a wicked and ambitious son could break away from the king long enough to build up a following so he could overthrow the king his father. In the beginning he got only half the kingdom, but then we read, And when he had gained the half of the kingdom, he gave battle unto his father, and he did carry away his father into captivity, and did make him serve in captivity. And now in the days of the reigns of Omer he was in captivity the half of his days. And it came to pass that he begat sons and daughters, among whom were Ezram and Coriantumr. Once again we see a situation where a king who has been captured by his son is able to have additional sons, and they hate their father's captors, even though he is their older brother. 
and they were exceedingly angry because of the doings of Jared their brother, insomuch that they did raise an army, and gave battle unto Jared. And it came to pass that they did give battle unto him by night. And it came to pass that when they had slain the army of Jared, they were about to slay him also. And he pled with them, that they would not slay him, and he would give up the kingdom unto his father. And it came to pass that they did grant unto him his life. But the generosity of the younger brothers in sparing Jared's life turned out to be a mistake. And now Jared became exceeding sorrowful because of the loss of the kingdom, for he had set his heart upon the kingdom and upon the glory of the world. Now the daughter of Jared, being exceeding expert, and seeing the sorrows of her father, thought to devise a plan whereby she could redeem the kingdom unto her father. Now the daughter of Jared was exceeding fair. And it came to pass that she did talk with her father, and said unto him, Whereby hath my father so much sorrow? Hath he not read the record which our fathers brought across the great deep? Behold, is there not an account concerning them of old, that they by their secret plans did obtain kingdoms and great glory? The secret plan of Jared's daughter involved the murder of King Omer, who had been restored to his throne by Esram and Coriantumr. But the plot of Jared's daughter was extremely devious since it involved the murder of Omer by a man named Achish who wanted to marry her. Here was her diabolical plan. And now, therefore, let my father send for Achish, the son of Kimnor. And behold, I am fair, and I will dance before him, and I will please him, that he will desire me to wife. Wherefore, if he shall desire of thee that ye shall give unto him me to wife, then shall ye say, I will give her, if ye will bring unto me the head of my father the king. And now Omer was a friend to Achish. Wherefore, when Jared had sent for Achish, the daughter of Jared danced before him that she pleased him, insomuch that he desired her to wife. And it came to pass that he said unto Jared, Give her unto me to wife. And Jared said unto him, I will give her unto you, if ye will bring unto me the head of my father the king. If Achish had possessed even an atom of decency in his soul, he would have been outraged by this plan, since it involved the murder of the king, who thought Achish was his friend. But Achish was so infatuated by the daughter of Jared that he decided to follow the master plan of the secret societies of ancient times to cover up the murder of Omer. It was the plan that Satan had suggested to Cain so that he could kill Abel. And here is what Achish did. And it came to pass that Achish gathered in unto the house of Jared all his kinsfolk, and said unto them, Will ye swear unto me that ye will be faithful unto me in the thing which I shall desire of you? And it came to pass that they all swear unto him by the God of heaven, and also by the heavens, and also by the earth, and by their heads, that whoso should vary from the assistance which Achish desired should lose his head. And whoso should divulge whatsoever thing Achish made known unto them, the same should lose his life. And it came to pass that thus they did agree with Achish. And Achish did administer unto them the oaths which were given by them of old, who also sought power, which had been handed down even from Cain, who was a murderer from the beginning. And they were kept up by the power of the devil to administer these oaths unto the people to keep them in darkness, to help such as sought power to gain power, and to murder and to plunder and to lie, and to commit all manner of wickedness and whoredoms. Moroni now inserts an editorial comment about the curse of secret combinations such as Achish had set up, he wrote. And it was the daughter of Jared who put it into his heart to search up these things of old. And Jared put it into the heart of Achish. Wherefore Achish administered it unto his kindred and friends, leading them away by fair promises to do whatsoever thing he desired. 
And it came to pass that they formed a secret combination, even as they of old, which combination is most abominable and wicked above all in the sight of God. For the Lord worketh not in secret combinations, neither doth he will that man should shed blood, but in all things hath forbidden it from the beginning of man. Now I, Moroni, do not write the manner of their oaths and combinations, for it hath been made known unto me that they are had among all people, and they are had among the Lamanites, and they have caused the destruction of this people of whom I am now speaking, and also the destruction of the people of Nephi. And whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain, until they shall spread over the nation, behold, they shall be destroyed. For the Lord will not suffer that the blood of his saints, which shall be shed by them, shall always cry unto him from the ground for vengeance upon them, and yet he avenge them not. Moroni saw the historical tragedy of allowing the secret combination to steal into the Jaredite society, since this was the same kind of secret combination which had annihilated the Nephites. Moroni also knew from the prophecies of the future that the Gentiles in the promised land of the latter days would be threatened by the curse of secret combination. Therefore he said, Wherefore, O ye Gentiles, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you, that thereby ye may repent of your sins, and suffer not that these murderous combinations shall get above you, which are built up to get power and gain. And the work, yea, even the work of destruction come upon you, yea, even the sword of the justice of the eternal God shall fall upon you. To your overthrow and destruction, if ye shall suffer these things to be. After Moroni had set forth this ominous warning, he then gives the Gentiles of the latter days a commandment directly from God. Wherefore the Lord commandeth you, when ye shall see these things come among you, that ye shall awake to a sense of your awful situation, because of this secret combination which shall be among you, or woe be unto it because of the blood of them who have been slain, for they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it, and also upon those who built it up. For it cometh to pass that whoso buildeth it up seeketh to overthrow the freedom of all lands, nations, and countries. And it bringeth to pass the destruction of all people, for it is built up by the devil." who is the father of all lies. Even that same liar who beguiled our first parents, yea, even that same liar who hath caused man to commit murder from the beginning, who hath hardened the hearts of men that they have murdered the prophets, and stoned them, and cast them out from the beginning. Not only are the Gentiles being warned by the Lord, but Moroni had received a commandment to emphasize the severity of this warning. He says, Wherefore I, Moroni, am commanded to write these things, that evil may be done away, and that the time may come that Satan may have no power upon the hearts of the children of men, but that they may be persuaded to do good continually that they may come unto the fountain of all righteousness and be saved. Ether chapter 9 It was the design of Achish and his friends to set up a nationwide secret combination so they could murder King Omer and seize the control of the whole Jaredite civilization. Moroni now tells us what happened. And now I, Moroni, proceed with my record. Therefore, behold, it came to pass that because of the secret combinations of Achish and his friends, behold, they did overthrow the kingdom of Omer. However, they did not succeed in murdering Omer. Nevertheless, the Lord was merciful unto Omer, and also to his sons and to his daughters who did not seek his destruction. 
And the Lord warned Omer in a dream, that he should depart out of the land. Wherefore Omer departed out of the land with his family, and travelled many days, and came over and passed by the hill of Shim, and came over by the place where the Nephites were destroyed, and from thence eastward, and came to a place which was called Ablam by the seashore, and there he pitched his tent, and also his sons and his daughters, and all his household, save it were Jared and his family. We notice that Omer fled north until he came to the hill Shim, where Amaron had hidden all of the Nephite records. However, when Mormon saw that the Nephites were going to be overthrown, he removed all of the Nephite records to a safer place, which we assume to have been the hill Cumorah, or the place where the Nephites were destroyed. Moroni makes it clear that when Omer reached the hill Shim, he passed by it and continued north to the great last battlefield between the Nephites and Lamanites. Then he proceeded eastward to the seashore which Omer designated as the land of Ablom. So as a result of the Lord's warning, King Omer escaped being murdered, but the kingdom fell into the hands of his wicked son Jared, whose daughter had concocted the secret combination after the pattern of ancient times. And it came to pass that Jared was anointed king over the people by the hand of wickedness, and he gave unto Achish his daughter to wife. So with King Omer out of the way, the wicked son Jared had himself crowned king, and then fulfilled his part of the bargain by giving his devilish daughter to Achish as his wife. And it came to pass that Achish sought the life of his father-in-law, and he applied unto those whom he had sworn by the oath of the ancients, and they obtained the head of his father-in-law, as he sat upon his throne, giving audience to his people. For so great had been the spreading of this wicked and secret society, that it had corrupted the hearts of all the people. Therefore Jared was murdered upon his throne, and Achish reigned in his stead. But of course Achish not only wanted Jared's wicked daughter as his wife, he also wanted the Jaredite throne, and so he murdered Jared as he sat on his throne. And it came to pass that Achish began to be jealous of his son. Therefore he shut him up in prison, and kept him upon little or no food until he had suffered death. And now the brother of him that suffered death, and his name was Nimrah, was angry with his father because of that which his father had done unto his brother. And it came to pass that Nimrah gathered together a small number of men, and fled out of the land, and came over and dwelt with Omer. Jared had a son which we assume was born to his wicked wife, but Jared was jealous of the boy and threw him into prison where he was starved to death. Another son who is described as the brother of Nimrah must have also been born to the wicked wife of Achish, and it would be interesting to know if she sought to protect the second son by having him flee northward to join King Omer in the land of Ablom. And it came to pass that Achish begat other sons, and they won the hearts of the people, notwithstanding they had sworn unto him to do all manner of iniquity according to that which he desired. Now the people of Achish were desirous for gain, even as Achish was desirous for power. Wherefore the sons of Achish did offer them money, by which means they drew away the more part of the people after them. And there began to be a war between the sons of Achish and Achish, which lasted for the space of many years, yea, unto the destruction of nearly all the people of the kingdom, yea, even all, save it were thirty souls, and they who fled with the house of Omer. Wherefore Omer was restored again to the land of his inheritance. And it came to pass that Omer began to be old. Nevertheless, in his old age he begat Emer, and he anointed Emer to be king, to reign in his stead. Achish began to have other sons who also hated their father, and they used bribery to build up an army that waged violent civil war against Achish for many years until barely thirty souls survived. 
These survivors fled north to join King Omer, who then took over the remnants of the kingdom. And after that he had anointed Emer to be king, he saw peace in the land for the space of two years, and he died, having seen exceeding many days, which were full of sorrow. And it came to pass that Emer did reign in his stead, and did fill the steps of his father. And the Lord began again to take the curse from off the land. And the house of Emer did prosper exceedingly under the reign of Emer. And in the space of sixty and two years they had become exceeding strong, insomuch that they became exceeding rich, having all manner of fruit, and of grain, and of silks, and of fine linen, and of gold, and of silver, and of precious things, and also all manner of cattle, of oxen, and cows, and of sheep, and of swine, and of goats, and also many other kinds of animals which were useful for the food of man. And they also had horses and asses, and there were elephants and curilums and cumums, all of which were useful unto man, and more especially the elephants and curilums and cumums. Even though King Omer was a very old man, he had a son in his old age whom he named Emer. This son ruled for sixty-two years in righteousness. The curse of secret combinations was suppressed, and the Jaredites began to thrive in a new prosperous age. And thus the Lord did pour out his blessings upon this land, which was choice above all other lands. And he commanded that whoso should possess the land should possess it unto the Lord, or they should be destroyed when they were ripened in iniquity. For upon such, saith the Lord, I will pour out the fullness of my wrath. And Emer did execute judgment in righteousness all his days. And he begat many sons and daughters. And he begat Coriantum, and he anointed Coriantum to reign in his stead. And after he had anointed Coriantum to reign in his stead, he lived four years, and he saw peace in the land. Yea, and he even saw the Son of Righteousness, and did rejoice and glory in his day, and he died in peace. The civil wars in the days of Achish had demonstrated that the whole Jaredite civilization could be annihilated if the people became wicked. So in these last three verses, the Lord reminded the Jaredites that this was a choice land, choice above all other lands on the face of the earth. The Lord further reiterated his determination to annihilate any people who desecrated this land with apostasy and wickedness. We don't know how long Emer lived, but it seemed to have been a long time. Because of his righteousness, he even got to see a vision of the Savior in all his glory. Apparently the last son to be born to Emer was Coriantum, and when this son had matured, Emer designated him to be the new king. Emer then lived four more years and died. And it came to pass that Coriantum did walk in the steps of his father, and did build many mighty cities, and did administer that which was good unto his people in all his days. And it came to pass that he had no children even until he was exceeding old. And it came to pass that his wife died, being an hundred and two years old. And it came to pass that Coriantum took to wife in his old age a young maid, and begat sons and daughters. Wherefore he lived until he was an hundred and forty and two years old. And it came to pass that he begat Com, and Com reigned in his stead. And he reigned forty and nine years, and he begat Heth, and he also begat other sons and daughters. Beginning with these verses, the Lord demonstrates that he could curse the land as quickly as he could bless it. And the people had spread again over all the face of the land. And there began again to be an exceeding great wickedness upon the face of the land. And Heth began to embrace the secret plans again of old, to destroy his father. And it came to pass that he did dethrone his father, for he slew him with his own sword, and he did reign in his stead. 
Now we begin to see the return of the secret combinations and the curses of murder and robbery began once more to take over the land. And there came prophets in the land again, crying repentance unto them, that they must prepare the way of the Lord, or there should come a curse upon the face of the land. Yea, even there should be a great famine, in which they should be destroyed if they did not repent. But the people believed not the words of the prophets, but they cast them out, and some of them they cast into pits, and left them to perish. And it came to pass that they did all these things according to the commandment of the king, Heth. When a nation destroys a school of prophets and will not listen to their warnings, the wrath of God follows close behind. And it came to pass that there began to be a great dearth upon the land, and the inhabitants began to be destroyed exceeding fast because of the dearth, for there was no rain upon the face of the earth. And there came forth poisonous serpents also upon the face of the land, and did poison many people. And it came to pass that their flocks began to flee before the poisonous serpents towards the land southward, which was called by the Nephites Zarahemla. And it came to pass that there were many of them which did perish by the way. Nevertheless, there were some which fled into the land southward. The curse of drought and the pestilence by poisonous serpents devastated the Jaredites. And it came to pass that the Lord did cause the serpents that they should pursue them no more, but that they should hedge up the way that the people could not pass, that whoso should attempt to pass might fall by the poisonous serpents. And it came to pass that the people did follow the course of the beasts, and did devour the carcasses of them which fell by the way, until they had devoured them all. Now when the people saw that they must perish, they began to repent of their iniquities and cry unto the Lord. The people had to resort to eating the carcasses of the dead animals fleeing toward the south. Then they finally humbled themselves and began to repent. And it came to pass that when they had humbled themselves sufficiently before the Lord, he did send rain upon the face of the earth. And the people began to revive again. And there began to be fruit in the north countries, and in all the countries round about. And the Lord did show forth his power unto them, in preserving them from famine. Then rains came, and the famine subsided. Ether chapter 10 we now learn what had happened to the wicked king Heth and the generation of wicked Jaredites that had brought down the curse of the drought and poisonous serpents on the people. Moroni writes, And it came to pass that Shez, who was a descendant of Heth, for Heth had perished by the famine and all his household, save it were Shez. Wherefore Shez began to build up again a broken people. And it came to pass that Shez did remember the destruction of his fathers, and he did build up a righteous kingdom, for he remembered what the Lord had done in bringing Jared and his brother across the deep. And he did walk in the ways of the Lord, and he begat sons and daughters. The reader of the Book of Mormon is always hopeful that a ruler of righteousness will prevail and perpetuate his kind, but it seldom happens. And his eldest son, whose name was Shez, did rebel against him, Nevertheless, Shez was smitten by the hand of a robber because of his exceeding riches, which brought peace again unto his father. And it came to pass that his father did build up many cities upon the face of the land, and the people began again to spread over all the face of the land. And Shez did live to an exceeding old age, and he begat Riplakish, and he died, and Riplakish reigned in his stead. And it came to pass that Riplakish did not do that which was right in the sight of the Lord, for he did have many wives and concubines, and did lay that upon men's shoulders which was grievous to be borne. Yea, he did tax them with heavy taxes, and with the taxes he did build many spacious buildings.
Apostasy and wickedness in general follow an identical pattern of desolation from generation to generation and from nation to nation. And he did erect him an exceedingly beautiful throne, and he did build many prisons, and whoso would not be subject unto taxes he did cast into prison, and whoso was not able to pay taxes he did cast into prison, and he did cause that they should labor continually for their support, and whoso refused to labor he did cause to be put to death. Wherefore he did obtain all his fine work, yea, even his fine gold he did cause to be refined in prison, and all manner of fine workmanship he did cause to be wrought in prison. And it came to pass that he did afflict the people with his whoredoms and abominations. High taxes, forced labor, extravagant building, and profligate immorality were typical of the empires in Europe and Asia, as well as the promised land of America. And when he had reigned for the space of forty and two years, the people did rise up in rebellion against him. And there began to be war again in the land, insomuch that Riplakish was killed, and his descendants were driven out of the land. And it came to pass, after the space of many years, Morianton, he being a descendant of Riplakish, gathered together an army of outcasts, and went forth and gave battle unto the people. And he gained power over many cities, and the war became exceeding sore, and did last for the space of many years. And he did gain power over all the land, and did establish himself king over all the land. After a long epic of warfare, Replakish became the supreme dictator over all the Jaredites and made himself king. And after that he had established himself king, he did ease the burden of the people, by which he did gain favor in the eyes of the people. And they did anoint him to be their king. And he did do justice unto the people, but not unto himself, because of his many whoredoms. Wherefore he was cut off from the presence of the Lord. It is interesting that a descendant of Replakish named Morianton became king, and he had enough political sense to ingratiate himself with his people. He eased the burden of taxes, but he did not ingratiate himself with the Lord. Therefore, Moroni says, Morianton's wickedness cut himself off from the Lord. And it came to pass that Morianton built up many cities, and the people became exceeding rich under his reign, both in buildings and in gold and silver and in raising grain and in flocks and herds and such things which had been restored unto them. And Morianton did live to an exceeding great age, and then he begat Kim, and Kim did reign in the stead of his father, and he did reign eight years, and his father died. And it came to pass that Kim did not reign in righteousness, wherefore he was not favored of the Lord. Morianton appointed his son Kim to be his successor, but he was also wicked and not favored of the Lord. And his brother did rise up in rebellion against him, by which he did bring him into captivity. And he did remain in captivity all his days. And he begat sons and daughters in captivity. And in his old age he begat Levi, and he died. And it came to pass that Levi did serve in captivity after the death of his father for the space of forty and two years. And he did make war against the king of the land, by which he did obtain unto himself the kingdom. And after he had obtained unto himself the kingdom, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and the people did prosper in the land. And he did live to a good old age, and begat sons and daughters. And he also begat Coram, whom he anointed king in his stead. Jealousy in the royal family resulted in Kim's brother overthrowing him and kept him in captivity the rest of his life. Before he died, he had a son named Levi, and he designated Lehi as the rightful heir to the throne. However, Levi rose up after forty-two years and overthrew his uncle. He then ministered the government in righteousness and made his son Coram 
the next king who was also a righteous ruler. And it came to pass that Coram did that which was good in the sight of the Lord all his days. And he begat many sons and daughters. And after he had seen many days he did pass away, even like unto the rest of the earth. And Kish reigned in his stead. And it came to pass that Kish passed away also, and Lib reigned in his stead. And it came to pass that Lib also did that which was good in the sight of the Lord. And in the days of Lib the poisonous serpents were destroyed. Wherefore they did go into the land southward to hunt food for the people of the land, for the land was covered with animals of the forest. And Lib also himself became a great hunter. Coram was followed by Kish, who then made his son Lib the king. All of these rulers were righteous. It was during the administration of Lib that the last of the poisonous serpents were destroyed. This allowed the people to go into the land southward and hunt wild animals for food. Lib himself became known as a great hunter. And they built a great city by the narrow neck of land, by the place where the sea divides the land. And they did preserve the land southward for a wilderness to get game. And the whole face of the land northward was covered with inhabitants. Now we learn that the whole face of the land northward was covered with inhabitants, and therefore they reserved the land southward as a reserve to hunt food. And they were exceedingly industrious, and they did buy and sell and traffic one with another that they might get gain. And they did work in all manner of ore, and they did make gold and silver and iron and brass and all manner of metals. And they did dig it out of the earth, wherefore they did cast up mighty heaps of earth to get ore, of gold and of silver and of iron and of copper. And they did work all manner of fine work. The wealth and widespread mining and trade and industry of the people during this time of righteousness and peace was almost incomprehensible. And they did have silks and fine twine linen, and they did work all manner of cloth, that they might clothe themselves from their nakedness. And they did make all manner of tools to till the earth, both to plow and to sow, to reap and to hoe, and also to thrash. And they did make all manner of tools, with which they did work their beasts. And they did make all manner of weapons of war. And they did work all manner of work of exceedingly curious workmanship, and never could be a people more blessed than were they, and more prospered by the hand of the Lord. And they were in a land that was choice above all lands, for the Lord had spoken it. It is obvious that America was now the land of promise God had intended it to be. It was truly blessed as the most choice part of the earth. Moroni says it was choice above all other lands. And it came to pass that Lib did live many years, and begat sons and daughters. And he also begat Heartham. And it came to pass that Heartham reigned in the stead of his father. And when Heartham had reigned twenty and four years, behold, the kingdom was taken away from him. And he served many years in captivity, yea, even all the remainder of his days. The perfection of civilization under Lib finally came to an end after Lib's son became king. His name was Heartham. After twenty-four years under Heartham, the throne was snatched away, and he spent all the rest of his life in captivity. And he begat Heth, and Heth lived in captivity all his days. And Heth begat Aaron, and Aaron dwelt in captivity all his days. And he begat Amnagada, and Amnagada also dwelt in captivity all his days. And he begat Coriantum, and Coriantum dwelt in captivity all his days. And he begat Com. And it came to pass that Com drew away the half of the kingdom, and he reigned over the half of the kingdom forty and two years. And he went to battle against the king Amgid, and they fought for the space of many years during which time Com gained power over Amgid and obtained power over the remainder of the kingdom. And in the days of Com there began to be robbers in the land, 
and they adopted the old plans and administered oaths after the manner of the ancients, and sought again to destroy the kingdom. Now Com did fight against them much. Nevertheless, he did not prevail against them. Now we come to a series of rulers who held the rightful heirs in captivity. First there was Heth who begat Aaron, who lived out his life in captivity. Then Aaron begat Amagada, who lived in captivity, and he begat Coriantum, who suffered the same fate. Then he begat Com. Com launched an uprising which submerged the whole land in continuous warfare for many years. Eventually Com did overcome the opposition, but by that time the secret combination of robbers had spread across the land, and he could not suppress them. Ether chapter 11. The Lord now favored the Jaredites with another generation of prophets who came with an ominous warning. And there came also in the days of Com many prophets, and prophesied of the destruction of that great people, except they should repent, and turn unto the Lord, and forsake their murders and wickedness. And it came to pass that the prophets were rejected by the people, and they fled unto Com for protection for the people sought to destroy them. And they prophesied unto Com many things, and he was blessed in all the remainder of his days. It is interesting that when the prophets fled to the king, he listened to them intently and believed them. As a result, the Lord blessed him throughout the remainder of his days. And he lived to a good old age and begat Shiblam, and Shiblam reigned in his stead. And the brother of Shiblam rebelled against him, and there began to be an exceeding great war in all the land. And it came to pass that the brother of Shiblam caused that all the prophets who prophesied of the destruction of the people should be put to death. And there was great calamity in all the land, for they had testified that a great curse should come upon the land and also upon the people, and that there should be a great destruction among them such an one as never had been upon the face of the earth, and their bones should become as heaps of earth upon the face of the land, except they should repent of their wickedness. Wicked men cannot stand to have prophets in the land, especially prophets who predict the total destruction of the people unless they repent. The good King Com had been replaced by his son King Shiblom, but his brother provoked a rebellion against Shiblom, and genocidal warfare broke out among the people. Soon a mammoth tidal wave of evil and destruction broke out all up and down the land northward. And they hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord, because of their wicked combinations. Wherefore there began to be wars and contentions in all the land, and also many famines and pestilences, insomuch that there was a great destruction, such an one as never had been known upon the face of the earth. And all this came to pass in the days of Shiblam. And the people began to repent of their iniquity, and inasmuch as they did, the Lord did have mercy on them. And it came to pass that Shiblam was slain, and Seth was brought into captivity, and did dwell in captivity all his days. And it came to pass that Ahah his son did obtain the kingdom, and he did reign over the people all his days, and he did do all manner of iniquity in his days, by which he did cause the shedding of much blood, and few were his days. Calamity followed calamity during these ensuing years. There was not only warfare, but secret combinations intermixed with famines and pestilence. As Moroni says, it was a greater destruction than at any time in the history of the Jaredites. Verse 8 says there was a brief period when the terrified Jaredites were frightened into repentance, but it did not last long. Shiblom was slain and Seth his successor was placed in captivity the rest of his life. But the next in line was Ahah, and he rose up in wrath and seized the kingdom. But he was a wicked king and his reign did not last long. His successor was Etham, who was also wicked. 
so that a great body of prophets rose again and repeated the prophecy of total coming destruction for the Jaredites if this people did not repent. The people rejected the prophets, and therefore the prophets withdrew from among the people. And Etham, being a descendant of Ahah, did obtain the kingdom, and he also did do that which was wicked in his days. And it came to pass that in the days of Etham there came many prophets, and prophesied again unto the people. Yea, they did prophesy that the Lord would utterly destroy them from off the face of the earth, except they repented of their iniquities. And it came to pass that the people hardened their hearts, and would not hearken unto their words, and the prophets mourned, and withdrew from among the people. And it came to pass that Etham did execute judgment in wickedness all his days, and he begat Moron. And it came to pass that Moron did reign in his stead, and Moron did that which was wicked before the Lord. Like the rest of the people, Etham paid no heed to the prophets, but lived out his life in wickedness. He was succeeded by Moron, who was equally wicked. However, the secret combinations aspired to seize the kingdom and captured half of it from Moran for a brief period. And it came to pass that there arose a rebellion among the people because of that secret combination which was built up to get power and gain. And there arose a mighty man among them in iniquity and gave battle unto Moran, in which he did overthrow the half of the kingdom and he did maintain the half of the kingdom for many years. And it came to pass that Moran did overthrow him, and did obtain the kingdom again. And it came to pass that there arose another mighty man, and he was a descendant of the brother of Jared. Then there arose another mighty man who was a descendant of Jared, but we are not told his name. He overthrew Moran and kept him in captivity the rest of his life. His son Coriantor also suffered a life of imprisonment. And it came to pass that he did overthrow Moran and obtain the kingdom. Wherefore Moran dwelt in captivity all the remainder of his days. And he begat Coriantor. And it came to pass that Coriantor dwelt in captivity all his days. And in the days of Coriantor there also came many prophets and prophesied of great and marvelous things, and cried repentance unto the people, and except they should repent, the Lord God would execute judgment against them to their utter destruction. It was while Coriantor was imprisoned that the prophets returned. They once more predicted the utter destruction of the Jaredite nation if the people did not repent and that the Lord God would send or bring forth another people to possess the land by his power, after the manner by which he brought their fathers. And they did reject all the words of the prophets because of their secret society and wicked abominations. And it came to pass that Coriantor begat Ether, and he died, having dwelt in captivity all his days. We are now introduced to the son of Coriantor named Ether, the prophet who wrote this record. However, Ether never was designated king since his father was imprisoned all the days of his life. If you liked this podcast and would like access to other materials by W. Cleon Skousen, you can find them online at skousenlibrary.com.